The 28th of Sivan. On this day, in the year Tavshin Aleph, 1941, the Rebbe and the Rebetzin arrived safely in the United States. This day is commemorated and celebrated by Chassidim universally, as this signifies two points. One, the Rebbe and the Rebetzin's arrival in the middle of World War II from a burning Europe to safe shores in the United States. Number two, the beginning of a new era, the Rebbe's tireless work and launching of endless initiatives benefiting the Jewish nation and the world at large. Hence, this year, Tavshim Peyalef, 2021, the 80th anniversary, it is noted in particular as a unique milestone in history. In Eisicha, that the Rebbe gave on the 12th of Tammuz Tavshin Yud, 1950, which noted the Geula liberation of the previous Rebbe mm. from his incarceration in a Russian prison in 1927, the Rebbe elaborated on commemorating a miracle. The Rebbe said as follows, There are various sorts of miracles. Number one, a miracle which took place with the individual person himself. A personal miracle. Number two, a lower level than this, is a miracle which took place with a person's father. It is considered that it took place with the person himself since he is part of his father. Number three, a lower level than this, is a miracle which took place with a person's rav, or mentor. And the Rebbe explains the difference between a miracle that took place with a mentor of the person or the father of a person. A father brings his child to Elam Hazat, to this world, and partially to Elam Haba, to the world to come. But a mentor when he gives his student Elam Haba, it is doubtful, because the study may not be lishma, may not be sincere, and therefore he might be lacking the reward in the world to come. The Rebbe cites the sources for this in the Sikha, as he edited the Sikha after that. Number four, a miracle which took place with a specific person and his connection with this person is very remote since in reality he may not have any relationship to this person. But he believes in the person because he is a public figure and therefore assumes that he has a connection and could relate to the person. The highest level is a miracle which took place with a Rebbe. This sort of a miracle is not like a miracle which took place with a specific person or one's mentor or one's father, but with himself, Mamish. Because this kashrus, the connection of the Rebbe the Nasi with his generation is not as two separate entities, but as one body. The generation are the organs which receive the highest, the energy from the Nasi, the head. In commemorating this event, 
we will begin a series of numerous installments relating to the history of this special day. First, we will relate to the background of the day, historically speaking, as written by a popular author, Rabbi Solomber Aftsen, in his book, A Day to Recall, A Day to Remember. Rabbi Aftsen writes the following, The Rebbe's daring escape from war-torn Europe was a miracle worthy of its place in the annals of Chabad history. Our appreciation is only deepened when we learn that the Rebbe was actually fleeing from the Germans, who were actively pursuing him specifically. Always one step ahead of them, the miracles continued even after they had made the desperate journey across Europe and embarked on a boat to head towards America. America had been known as the land that swallows its inhabitants. The expression in Parshas Shlach, this week's Parsha. The majority of Jewish families that moved to the United States to escape the persecutions of Europe were affected by their new surroundings. This caused them to become lax in their observance of Jewish law and a loss of pride in their heritage. The Rebbe fought to turn this tide of assimilation. Due to his efforts, Teira, Yiddishkeit, and even the Hasidic way of life is flourishing in America and throughout the world. And it all began that summer day on the 28th of Sivan Tov Shinalev, 1941, when the Rebbe and the Rebetzin arrived in America. The Hemshach, in continuation to the earlier installment where we discussed the 28th of Sivan, the event of the Rebbe and the Rebetzin's arrival in the United States, we continue now with installment number two. On the 12th of Tammuz, Tafresh Pei in 1927, the previous Rebbe was finally permitted to return from his exile in Kastrama. After the harrowing prison experience in which the previous Rebbe was jailed, interrogated, and even threatened with death, it became obvious that Russia was no longer a safe home for the previous Rebbe. In order for his work to continue, he must leave. Through intense diplomatic efforts, especially on the part of Mordechai Dubin, who also worked in the Latvian parliament and who was a chassid of the previous rebbe, the Russian government reluctantly allowed the previous rebbe with his immediate family to emigrate to Riga, Latvia. After their initial refusal, they also allowed the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe's future son-in-law, to leave Russia as well. While the previous Rebbe made plans to leave immediately after Sukkot, the Rebbe, his son-in-law, did not travel to Riga with him. Uncertain as to when he would ever see his parents again, the Rebbe returned to Yekaterinoslav to spend Tishrei with his family. A week later, on the following Thursday, the Rebbe bade 
his father farewell, together with his mother, who was permitted to accompany him only until the Russian border, he began the long journey that took him to Riga, where he joined the previous Rebbe and his family. For various reasons, mainly because of a lack of funds, the chasan of the wedding did not take place immediately when the Rebbe arrived in Riga. It was decided that the Rebbe would temporarily settle in Germany. Arrangements were made for room and board for the Rebbe, allowing him to continue his learning undisturbed. A year and six weeks later, on Yudalat Kislev, the 14th of Kislev, in November of 1928, the chasana of the Rebbe and the Rebetzin took place in Warsaw. They returned to Berlin shortly afterwards. Occasionally they would travel to Berlin to visit the previous Rebbe and his household. In the early 30s, the Nazi party began to gain power with acts of anti-Semitism becoming increasingly rampant. In Nissen of Tafresh Sadegim in 1933, the Rebbe and the Rebetzin hurriedly left Germany. The Rebbe left in a hurry behind his furnishings, etc. They arrived in Paris, France, a few days before Pesach. In France, the Rebbe delivered Shiurim and involved himself with some communal activities. The Jewish community of Paris recognized the Rebbe's scholarship. However, they respected his wish for privacy and was thankful for what the Rebbe contributed on his own initiative. This allowed him to continue his learning uninterrupted. The tranquil life the Rebbe and the Rebetzin found in France did not last. Six years later, in September of 1939, Poland fell to the Germans. The previous Rebbe, who had moved from Riga to Atvatsk in September of 1932, was now trapped inside Poland. Immediately, the Rebbe became involved and spearheaded the campaign to save the previous Rebbe. He was in constant contact with Aguda Sidi Chabad in America and gave them all the relevant information needed to procure visas from the State Department, allowing the previous Rebbe to come to the United States. In America, meanwhile, Aguda Sidi Chabad decided that the Rebbe's presence was needed in the States to effectively ensured the previous Rebbe's escape from the Germans. They applied for a visa for the Rebbe and the Rebetzin. Knowing that the American government was reluctant to allow immigrants to settle without being assured of their ability to make an income, they stated that the Rebbe received an engineering degree. The Rebbe will thus be able to seek employment as soon as he arrives in the United States and will not be a burden to the country. They also forwarded a copy of the affidavit from Mayor B. Harton to the Rebbe, 
promising to financially support the Rebbe and the Rebetzin until he finds a position. Agudas Chassidei Chabad knew that the visa application process was normally a long and arduous one, often taking up to six months. Using what influence they had at the time in Washington, they put pressure on the government to hasten the procedure. Meanwhile, the Rebbe applied for a visa from the American Consulate in Paris. Three months later, their efforts on behalf of the previous Rebbe were fruitful. At the request of the State Department, the previous Rebbe was escorted by the Germans out of Poland into then-neutral Latvia. At that point, the United States also agreed to allow the previous Rebbe and his immediate family and circle to apply for special visas on the basis that the family was an important part of Jewish tradition in Europe that should be preserved. Included in the group were the previous Rebbe's wife, Rebbe Sanchamadina, his mother, the Rebbe Sanchamadina, and her nurse, his son-in-law, the Rashag, Rabbi Shmaya Gerari and his family, his secretaries, Rabbi Chodikov and Rabbi Dr. Mendel. Included in the list of the family members who would be granted the special visas was the Rebbe, who was noted as being the editor of a scholarly journal, as well as an extraordinary thinker who would contribute to Jewish philosophy. We will in Hashem continue in the next installment. The Hamshach in continuation to the earlier installments where we discussed the story of the 28th of Sivan, the events which led up to the Rebbe and the Rebetzin's safe arrival in the United States. We continue now with installment number three. While they worked tirelessly to ensure a safe passage for the previous Rebbe and those who were with him in Latvia, Agudas Sidi Chabad was hesitant at this time to pressure the State Department to grant the Rebbe, the son-in-law, a special visa. There were some discrepancies between the information they previously provided in the regular visa application and what they included now in the special visa. In the routine application the Rebbe filled out in Paris, he was listed as a qualified electrical engineer. In the special visa, he was described as a noted Tata scholar. They feared that these contradictions would come to light and might delay or even jeopardize the entire application, including that of the previous Rebbe, who was then in an ex- extremely dangerous situation where immediate departure was crucial. After receiving word that the previous Rebbe received his special visa and can finally leave Europe, the attorney for Agudas Sidi Chabad, Mr. Henry F. Butler, began to actively request the visas for the remaining members of the family. Among those who had not yet received a special visa with the previous Rebbe was his son-in-law, the Rebbe, and his daughter, the Rebetzin. 
the previous son-in-law and his daughter living in France, and the previous Rebbe's youngest daughter, Rebbe Tzashen, and her husband, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Hakein Arnstein, who had remained in Poland. In the spring of 1940, seeing that Germany was poised to attack France, the Rebbe signed up to join in the, the reserves of the French army. This allowed the Rebbe the relative safety of having proper identification in Paris at the time. More importantly, his enlistment ID eventually assisted him in his escape from Paris to Vichy. On June 2nd, 1940, Mr. Butler met with representatives of the State Department. They informed him that the request for a special visa for the Rebbe was forwarded from the American Consulate in Riga, Latvia, to the Consulate in France. From there, it, it was to be sent to Paris. At the same time, the Rebbe informed the Maskiris, the secretariat of the previous Rebbe, that the request for a special visa had arrived in Paris, but there were some complications holding up the issuing of a visa. Three days later, June 5th, the American consulate telegraphed to Washington its decision regarding the Rebbe's special visa, and they wrote, Visa Denied. They had rejected the request, citing the contradiction between the description of the Rebbe as a great Tater scholar and his own application, which listed him merely as an engineer. The attorney immediately requested evidence from Aguda Sidi Chabad that notwithstanding the fact that the Rebbe had an engineering degree, he is indeed a Jewish scholar of repute deserving of a special visa. Over the next few days, this sense of urgency deepened. The Nazis, Yomachshmom, entered and conquered Paris. A French general offered the Rebbe his villa in the suburbs of Paris as a safe haven until the situation improved. The Rebbe, having seen firsthand how ruthlessly the Nazis operated, declined and chose to flee to Vichy. Interesting to note that when the Rebbe's biography was prepared and uh, to be published, the Rebbe reviewed it and there was a sentence that cited that the Rebbe and the Rebetzin are running to Vichy. The Rebbe crossed out the word Boirchim, which means running, and instead the Rebbe wrote Matikim. They are moving merely to Vichy, which this shows the Ge'en Yankev, the pride, the Yiddish pride, that a Yid goes from one place to another, he doesn't run. The reason that the Rebbe and the Rebetzin went to Vichy because at that time it was still unoccupied by the German army. As a precaution, until they will be able 
to move from Paris, they moved to a different apartment. This indeed was a lifesaver. For two days after their move, the Nazis came to the old address looking specifically for the Rebbe and the Rebetzin. A few days before Shuas, at great personal risk, the Rebbe and the Rebetzin managed to board one of the last trains leaving Paris, successfully evading the German patrols. They arrived in Vichy on Erev Shuas. They remained in Vichy for approximately two months. They then moved to Nice, Nice, which is a co- coastal resort in the southern part of France. Despite the fact that Nice was occupied by the Italian fascist government who were allies of Germany, it was relatively safe for Jews. At the end of of, Mr. Butler requested that the visa application be forwarded to the American consulate in Nice. Three weeks later, they received the good tidings. The State Department informed Mr. Butler that the consul in Nice intended to give the Rebbe and the Rebetzin a special visa. We will continue in the next installment. The Hemshech in continuation to the earlier installments where we discussed the 28th of Sivan, the events which led to the Rebbe and the Rebetzin's arrival in the United States. We continue now with installment number four. Firstly, a first-hand impression about the Rebbe before he left in spring 1941, city of Nice in France for Marseille to receive their visa, which was a visa for the Rebbe and the Rebetzin. In the Sefer Yimei Melech, it is told that many years after this event took place, Rabbi Yankiv Mesha Rich Rothschild described the farewell, the goodbye, when the Rebbe left Nice. And when he told the story, Rabbi Yankiv Mesha cried very much. This was the feeling of the group of Yidin who revered the Rebbe in Marseille and prior to that in Paris. But the Rebbe had a whole different plan that was worked out for him, which is leaving to the United States. And because of this, the Rebbe needed to part from these Yidin who was Zeicha merited to enjoy the light of the Rebbe. Many years before hundreds of thousands of Yidin received this light and the relationship of the Rebbe to them. In Marseille, the Rebbe stayed a short time period, and also there the Rebbe gave a long drasha, a long and deep speech to those who revered him, those who gathered around him. One of Anash, one of the Babach Chassidim, heard from 
a Rav, or Rav Hazelbach, who was present at this drasha, that this was a unique speech that took about an hour and a half. The first half hour, the Rebbe spoke in a manner which was understood to the listeners. But after that, the Rebbe began speaking on higher and deeper concepts. And with this, people felt an aura of a heavenly atmosphere. All the listeners were dragged into a spiritual experience which was far higher than all the limitations and difficulties. And now we will continue with installment number four. In continuation to what was related in the earlier installment, I'm going to get to the efforts to bring the Rebbe and the Rebbe's into the United States. However, there might be difficulties in procuring the exit visa from France, as they would still have to obtain a transit visa from the country that they would actually depart from. Seven years later, the State Department again contacted Mr. Butler, this time with disturbing news. The consul in Nice has changed his mind. The Rebbe did not warrant a special visa. They based their reason for refusal on the contradiction of this visa request to the original application, which described the Rebbe as a qualified engineer knowledgeable in physics. However, they stated that he would probably be eligible for a regular visa, but he would need to resubmit his application together with a new affidavit promising financial support. Since the affidavit that was provided by Mayor B. Harton was not from a close relative, nor did it specify for how long would it ever be guaranteed support. This was stressing information for all. With this unfortunate delay, how much longer could the Rebbe and the Rebbetson remain stranded in Europe with the Germans only miles away? Mr. Butler reassured Agudesidi Chabad at this time that since the government previously agreed to issue special visas to the entire family of the previous Rebbe, he plans on continuing to pressure the State Department despite the refusal of the council in Nice to give them to the Rebbe and the Rebetzin. In addition to Mr. Butler, who was hired by Agudasideh Chabad, the previous Rebbe asked the Chosset, Rabbi Oshe Rabinovich, to assist them in Washington. As one of the attorneys involved with the rescue efforts of the Schneerson family, he had been instrumental in successfully helping the previous Rebbe escaped war-torn Europe. In the course of those efforts, he also developed many contacts with high officials in Washington. In a letter to Rabosha, the previous Rebbe writes, to my pain, with all their promises and quote-unquote sweet talk, as of yet nothing has been finalized. I am broken from this. 
In order to satisfy the request of the council in Nice, Agudla Sidi Chabad sent a formal letter stating that the Rebbe, as one of the main leaders of the movement, was entitled to a special visa. On the 22nd of Kislev, Rabosher Rabinovich returned from Washington and gave the previous Rebbe a report on his efforts. The previous Rebbe wrote in a letter the following day, while it sounds very good, I am still not comforted. Around the same time, the Rebbe made an unusual request. He asked that his file be forwarded to the council in Marseille. On this side of the Atlantic, the previous Rebbe sent his son-in-law, the Rashag, on the 19th of Shvat, to Washington to help further this inquiry. With the assistance of high-ranking ranking officials in the State Department, the Rebbe's file was transferred to Marseille. The Consul Marseille was also informed that an affidavit was not required, since, as far as the State Department was concerned, financial support was guaranteed. At the time, it was not clear why the Rebbe wanted to transfer his application to Marseille and begin the process anew. After the war, it became known that the consul in Nice consciously avoided giving visas to Jews and would use any excuse to deny one. In contrast, the, the consulate in Marseille was sympathetic toward Jews and assisted them readily. Indeed, a mere two months later, on the 26th of Adar, the Council of Marseille informed the Rebbe and the Rebetzin that they would be issued visas. A month later, on the 20th of Nisan, they received the visas. We will continue in the next installment. Good Yom Tev, the COVID of Chesivim, in honor of the 28th of Sivim, the day that the Rebbe and the Rebetzin arrived safely in the United States during the wartime in 1941. The Hamsech, in continuation to the earlier installments where we discussed the 28th of Sivan and the efforts and events that finally led to the Rebbe and the Rebetzin's arrival in the United States, we continue now with installment number five. Now a new challenge faced the Rebbe and the Rebetzin. How will they reach America? During the war, the only viable option for travel was by boat. And at that time, the only port that they could depart from was in Lisbon, Portugal. The Rebbe had his American visa now he needed a transit visa from Portugal, one which will allow him to pass through the country. With the help of the previous Rebbe, they received the transit visas that allowed them to travel to Lisbon. They also managed to acquire the much sought after boat tickets that will safely take them to America on one of the last boats crossing the Atlantic. The Rebbe and the Rebetzin arrived in Lisbon and prepared to travel on the ship that will finally take them to safety. Just 
as they were about to board the boat, an urgent telegram from the previous Rebbe arrived with surprising instructions. It said, do not board this boat. The Rebbe and the Rebetzin did not hesitate for a moment. They allowed the boat to depart without them, despite the fact that this was rumored to be the last ship out of Portugal, heading towards the United States. Indeed, this was a wise move. For a few days later, they heard that the boat was captured by the Italian Navy, and all of the passengers were held captive as prisoners of war. They were held on an island until the end of the war. Soon after their miraculous rescue from this fate, the Rebbe was notified that yet another boat will venture across the Atlantic, making the trip to America. However, they were told of this ship's embarking too late. All the tickets had already been purchased. Ramart Chaibestritsky happened to have bought two of these prize tickets for his in-laws, Rablevi and Rechama Lukver. Unfortunately, the couple was not granted the necessary Portuguese transit visas and were unable to leave France. When Ramartre heard of the Rebbe's predicament, he gladly gave his tickets to the Rebbe. In a footnote in the article by Rabbi Aftson, he writes that, however, it should be mentioned that the American Joint Committee chartered this boat, as well as many others, and assisted the previous Rebbe in obtaining the two tickets. On the 16th of Sivan, the Rebbe wrote a Rishima, an essay, in which the Rebbe elaborates on a quote of our sages in the tractate of Sanhedrin 98a. And the Rebbe cites sources from the Talmud and from Kabbalah in great depth. This we will in Mirza discuss on a separate note, referring to and focusing on the contents of the essay and the upcoming trip to the United States. On the 17th of Sivan, the Rebbe and the Rebetzin finally boarded the boat Serpa Pinta. Based on documentation, this boat was one of many which the joint rented at least in 1939 to rescue Jewish refugees from Europe. Many of these refugees had visas with which to enter the United States and paid for their tickets with their personal money. In its second trip in 1941, the boat included 600 passengers and amongst them the Rebbe and the Rebetzin. And they all arrived in New York. In the middle of the trip, the boat was held up by a British information boat for three days. A search was made for German citizens. In general, these trips experienced hazardous episodes. 
During this time period, about 500 commercial boats were sunk. The last voyage of this boat was in 1944. In certain archives, one can research the total amount of trips which the boat made from 1939 until her last voyage. We will continue in the next installment. Behemshech, in continuation to the earlier installments where we discussed the 28th of Sivan, and in particular the boat on which the Rebbe and the Rebbetson traveled to the United States, we continue now with installment number six, discussing the trip and the final arrival in the United States. Stopping first in Barcelona, Spain, the boat continued on its perilous journey to America. It was a trip the travelers would never forget, constantly fraught with the fear of being torpedoed by submarines or bombed by the warplanes which passed overhead. One can only imagine the terror the passengers must have felt when the captain announced that they must stop in the middle of the sea because they had been spotted by the deadly German submarines. On one such occasion, the Rebbe went out on the deck of the boat and led the Yidden there in the recitation of the chapter 20 in Tilim, Lam Natseyach, and as it continues, Yancho Hashem B'Yem It was also noted that on Friday night, the Rebbe recited Kiddush for all to hear. Nothing occurred at the time, Baruch Hashem, and they passed through the European war zone uneventfully. When they had reached neutral waters, the Rebbe immediately telegraphed the previous Rebbe, informing him of their relative safety. While this essay demonstrates the length the previous Rebbe went on behalf of his family, he did not rest after the Rebbe and Rebetzin were saved. Once these diplomatic connections were made, the previous Rebbe continued to help other displaced Jews obtain American visas. In addition, when the previous Rebbe realized that the State Department was willing to intervene and make the extra effort of rescuing important individuals from the clutches of the Nazis, he presented them with names of many people. One of the great rabbis saved through the previous Rebbe's intervention was the Gera Rebbe Horav Avrom Mordechai Alter, Zechat Tzadik Levrocha. By saving such illustrious individuals, entire communities were rebuilt after the war. He also attempted to save the Babava Rebbe at the time, Horav Benzion. Twelve days later, on Monday morning of Parsha Keirach, Chof Ches Sivan, the 28th of Sivan, July 4th, 1941, the boat steamed into New York's harbor and docked at 10.30 a.m. On that day, the previous Rebbe wrote to Rabbi 
Rabinovich informing him of this joyous event and requesting that he in turn informs his son Rab Osher who was instrumental in helping the Rebbe and the Rebbetson obtain their visas. Due to health reasons, the previous Rebbe was confined to 770 and could not make the trip himself. He sent a delegation of Hasidic elders on his behalf to greet the Rebbe and the Rebbetson at the pier. They were Rabbi Yisrael Jacobson, Rabbi Shlima Aaron Kazanovsky, Rabbi Shmuel Levitin, and Rabbi Elia Simpson. On the previous evening, the previous Rebbe had summoned these Chassidim to his room and told them, I appoint you as my emissaries to go and greet my son-in-law who is arriving tomorrow. I will reveal to you what sort of a person he is. Every night, he says, Tikkun Chatzais. He is fluent orally in the Talmud Bavli, the Babylonian Talmud, with all of its commentaries. In the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud, with all of its commentaries. He knows Rambam and the Lukotetera verbatim. With all of its sources, go and greet him. On this day, the previous rabbi immediately wrote a letter to one of the chassidim in which he relays the news about the safe arrival of the rabbi and the rabbitson. It reads as follows. I am hereby informing you that my daughter and her husband have arrived here safely. I am writing this hastily and with the request that you pass this news on to your son, Mr. Usher, as we mentioned earlier. In the same day, the previous rabbi added and requested that this good news should be forwarded to quote-unquote my good friends and mentioned them by their names. When the Rebbe and the Rebbetson came to 770, the students of the Yeshivatim Chitmimim were waiting to greet them. Rabbi Leibel Posner Gesund, a noted Chosid, who was then a young student studying in the Yeshiva at 770 Eastern Parkway, relates the following impression. I remember very well as it is presently in front of my eyes the emotional scene when the Rebbe arrived in 770. I will never forget when all the young students went out to greet them. This was the first time that the Rebbe entered 770. Now, the article continues. Three days later, on Thursday, the Rebbe and Rebetzin were called to the previous Rebbe's room separately. The Rebbe explained that the previous Rebbe waited three days to see them since Chassidus demands that the emotions be controlled. Thursday night after Mairif, on the eve of Beis Tamos, the Rebbe Fabreng with Chassidim for the first time in America. The Fabrengen lasted for six hours. A short time later, the previous Rebbe appointed the Rebbe to head his three newly established organizations. Machna Yisrael, whose objective is strengthening Judaism through the fulfillment of Teda Mitzvahs and arouse the hearts of all Jews to repent. In addition, its role is to publicize that through repentance we will immediately merit the redemption through Mashiach Tzedkeinu. The Rebbe 
was also appointed as head of the Kohat Publication Society, which is responsible for publishing Svarim of Chabad Hasidis. He will also take charge of Merkos Lignoni Chinuch, whose responsibility is to ensure a proper Jewish education for every Jewish boy and girl. And this also included publishing books in English. We will continue in the next installment. The Hemshech in continuation to the previous installment about the arrival of the Rebbe and the Rebbets in the United States. We will now discuss the first Fabrengen of the Rebbe on Rishchidesh Tammuz, Thursday, Tavshin Aleph, 1941, in 770. The Fabrengen came after a request of Chassidim who asked of the Rebbe if he could Fabreng with them. And the Rebbe responded that Thursday, when he will have a chance to be called up to the Teda and recite the blessing of Agamel, he will, after that, Fabreng. Indeed, three days later, on Thursday night after Mairif, on the eve of Beis Tamos, the second of Tamos, the Rebbe Fabrengt with the Chassidim for the first time in America. The Rebbe entered the shul 9 p.m., where a small crowd had already gathered. With his siddur in his hand, the Rebbe proceeded to the table and began the Fabringen. At first, the Rebbe requested of the elder chassidim who were present that they speak, but they declined in anticipation to hear what the Rebbe had to say. Throughout the night, in addition to his own scholarly talk on the Mishnah, expounding upon obligation of expressing gratitude to Hashem after overcoming various phases of danger, the Rebbe responded to questions and chassidus that were posed by those present. A most memorable incident that took place on the night that almost every time that the Rebbe made mention of his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, his voice began to choke and tears formed in the corners of his eyes. Present at the Fabrengen was also a group of American yeshiva students who had traveled to Otwatsk, Poland, to join the yeshiva temchitmimim there prior to the war. While on their trip, during their layover in France, they spent a few hours in the train station together with the Rebbe, who had come to see them. Now, the Rebbe continued to discuss some of the Taylor-related issues that they had spoken about at the time. In between the talks, the Chassidim sang various Negunim. In one of the Sikhs, the Rebbe mentioned that American Bacharim students in Yeshiva are known to be well-versed in the Sikhs of the previous Rebbe in Lukutidiburim, Sikhas talks of the previous Rebbe which were delivered in the 1930s. The Rebbe began testing the Bacharim as to their knowledge. Another event that took place at this Fabrengen, the Rebbe spoke about the Nigen of Rambichos Lachever. The Bashemtiv said about the Nigen of Ramichos Lachever that whoever will sing it, Bashemtiv continues, wherever he will be, 
he will awaken mercy, Rachamem Rabim, for those who are singing this Nigen. And the Rebbe said that this Nigen has two versions, but the version that was accepted by the Rebbe Rashab and by the previous Rebbe is a version sung by Rabbi Machol Dvarkin. And the Rebbe then began singing the Nigen. <laughs> 